They've watched Citizen Kane a combined 200 times. Elliot's first words were, I personally thought the use of Dutch angles was derivative in the 400 blows. In Nathan's favorite historical figure is Fritz Lang. Now they're bringing that snootiness to you with Magellan's at the Movies. Greetings. Welcome to Magellan's at the Movies. We are back with our, what is this, 19th episode? Isn't that right? Yep, 1-9. Yep. Can you believe that Jake has done the introduction 19 times? He spent, you know, how many hundreds of hours living in the closet of your apartment, only being let out to do the introduction. He's only paid $5 per gig. But he he pulls it off every time. Every time it sounds the exact same. Yeah, it's a really impressive thing. As always, we got to give a shout out. As always, I don't think we've done it the last like <laughs> six or seven episodes. It's been a while. Yeah. But, you know, huge thanks to Jake. He's doing a great job over there on the multitude of instruments that he plays in order to create our intro. <laughs> He's a very talented young man. He is a very talented, genuinely, he is a very talented, unsarcastically, Jake is a very talented young man. He is, he is, he is. Yep. All right, well, that's a great banter, Elliot. You, I gave you three whole seconds to come up with the banter, and that's what we got. So, honestly, better than I was expecting. Pretty good. But let's, uh, let's dive in. Before we dive in, this is uh, our second episode. It's a request. This request came from primarily from Betsy Schmidt, who I'm co-leading a group with, but it also came from a multitude of other members of my uh, young professionals group through my church, and they all wanted us to watch this movie, so if they're listening, uh, we did follow through. If you're not them and you're listening, we follow through on requests, so feel free to send us a request by any uh, communication means that you find most expedient to getting your request to us. <laughs> but yeah, so we did Hot Rod. Uh, I'll walk us through. It's a 2007 movie, Andy Samberg, and a lot of the, I would say, sort of SNL, early 2000s comedy people are the cast Generally, I saw Lorne Michaels was one of the producers. He's famously the producer of Saturday Night Live. So a lot of people from Saturday Night Live are here in this movie. And yeah, it's the story of uh, Rod, a stuntman, attempting to raise enough money for his stepfather's heart surgery so he can fight him before he dies. And uh, Ellie and I have never seen this movie before. So I thought it would be kind of fun if we started by predicting how, and we didn't watch it together either, because we watched Jurassic World together, so we couldn't really predict how we felt. I could see Elliot slowly dying the entire time he was watching the film. So, so I thought it would be kind of fun if we uh, would predict how each other felt about the movie. So Elliot, how do you think I felt about the movie? Um, 
I feel like you had a fun but forgettable time with it. That you were like, eh, alright, whatever. There's the, the movie's over. There's a dog scratching at my door. I know who it is. It's my dog. Um, I'll take care of that in a minute. But yeah, you were like, just sort of... You, you felt about it the way you feel about, like, a cheeseburger from McDonald's. I don't really get cheese. I usually get a McChicken from McDonald's. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, Elliot, for you, I think I think there were parts of this that you enjoyed, but I think most likely there were parts of this that annoyed you. And I think the parts of this that annoyed you, you are going to very much hold against the movie and bring up a lot and bring down the general score of the film. That's what I think. Okay. So now what? Should we count down from three and reveal our opinions? <laughs> well, you go you go first and reveal your opinion. I hated this movie. <laughs> I did not enjoy it. Any single part of it. Wow. Oh, that's... <laughs> I've never met anyone from your connection group, but I have serious questions about their moral character right now. Wow. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I guess walk us through in terms of opening. Uh, I would say I would say you were pretty much spot on for my thoughts. I did. I enjoyed parts of this, but overall, I don't know how it stacks up to others of my favorite comedies. But let's dive into it, Elliot. You had some very strong words there. <laughs> dive into that. You know what? What made you dislike this movie this much? The, okay. There's really not a whole lot to say beyond it's just not funny in the slightest. I mean, if you've ever watched The Simpsons, especially <clears throat> in its later years, which I have, I've only seen like the first 10 seasons, but this phenomenon of the show will go on these extended breaks from the actual plot uh, to do jokes that just drag on forever and ever. And it's so painfully obvious that the writers just couldn't fill out a 30-minute time block, and so they had to rely on padding. That's this entire movie. I mean, there were so many bizarre moments where, like, Rod was would just start dancing, and it would go on forever. And then the one time when he went out to dance in the woods or something, uh, and he fell down a hill for like six hours. Uh, and then there was another dancing moment where I don't know, I don't remember where, but they're like in front of a gas station or something, and the crew was all dancing. That that ran another five hours. Um, the joke from the guy who the the guy who runs the radio station about his tattoo. I think that was a two hours and change. Uh, yeah, so I guess my biggest problem is that this movie, when you add it all up, lasted for about forty six hours, despite being like an hour and a half long. Yeah, I think I think it was like eighty two minutes. <laughs> wow, I mean that is. That is the issue, I think, with comedies somewhat, that 
in kind of any genre, I think I've said this before, if not on the podcast, at least to you, that I think a drama is kind of hard because it, it kind of lives and dies by the relatability of the drama. If you find it relatable or if you find it believable and a comedy, I think is even more subjective and therefore even more up to the whims of the people who see it where, yeah, it'll be, is it funny? And if it's not funny, then the movie will feel like roughly 50 hours as uh, you <laughs> have made it clear. Uh, I guess, yeah, I didn't find it wall to wall hilarious. I thought him falling down the hill when it started, I was like, okay, this is a little funny. And then it kept going and I was like, this is less funny. And then it went on longer than I expected. And so it came back around to being funny to me that I was like, wow, they really went all in on the bit. And so I find it funny, especially when he started like hitting trees and like just blatantly receiving what should be very serious injuries. Otherwise, I do agree with you. There are some jokes in here. Uh, the tattoo, Chris Parnell, who voices Jerry, in case you were, that's who you were trying to get for. But yeah, Chris Parnell, his tattoo, that lasts really long. When he goes to his stepbrother and they do the cool beans thing. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if that was a joke in the script. I think the editor just got the movie and some stupid thing they were doing for their own personal benefit mixed together. Cause it made no sense. And I didn't really seem like there was that much similar to it. Otherwise the way, well, I would sort of compare this movie to is it feels a lot like I'm in a film production club at Iowa state. And so we make videos and most of them because our production quality is very low have to rely on being funny in order for them to be watchable. Because if we try and make it serious, we're not good enough to genuinely, you know, make a good story or anything. And so watching this felt like watching some of our videos where there's moments where I'm like, that is a very clever joke, or that's a bit I very much enjoy. But then getting the space between the jokes is where you're like, okay, this is, there's no plot here. This story is a real you know, nothing of a story. And so getting from joke to joke is where the movie becomes, I think for me, kind of like the slog that you were describing it from. But when the jokes were good, I was like, okay, this is all right. Uh, but it sounds like to you, uh, there were not many jokes <laughs> where uh, the movie got better for you. I, I will say that when he's supposed to go on the double date with, um, what's her name? Eliza Fisher? Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Will Arnett, uh, and he offers to show her the picture of his father, and he's like, he says something along the lines of, do you want to see a picture of my dead dad, like, uh, and see how dead he is, or something like that. I don't even know, uh, but it made me, like, snort, you know, like, <clears throat> Yeah, that was a pretty, but did you, so was that the only joke that made you make a noise? Um, I certainly don't remember anything else. <laughs> That's interesting. I find I have a very, this doesn't have anything to do with the movie, but I, I have a very hard time predicting what you will find funny. 
Because there's some things that I'm like, that feels very lowbrow and you won't find it funny. But then there's other times where it's a very lowbrow joke and you just die laughing. And I'm like, that was not as funny as you are giving it credit for. So I always have a hard time predicting what you will find funny. I disagree. I I think that my taste in humor is the stuff of pure intelligentsia. Yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah. The classic Simpsons joke, those white flags are no match for their mus for our muskets. That's, that's good a, stuff, man. That's a highbrow. All right, well then. Um, I will say that yeah. mom liked this movie because I she happened to be yeah. around when I was watching it. She laughed a lot more than I did. Really? Bring her, yeah. Is she around the house? Bring her on. Let's get No. <laughs> I thought about like soliciting her opinion or something, but no, she she's gone right now. <clears throat> but she found it funny? Yeah. Wow. That makes a lot of sense though, actually. I mean, she's <laughs> She does. She's she's an easy laugher. I think I'm an easy laugher. Mom's an easy dad's an easy laugher. I think the other three members of our family are not easy laughers. What are you talking about? Lydia is the easiest laugher of all. Oh, that's my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lydia is an easy laugher as well. Yeah. All right. Well, then I, I've got some, not necessarily questions, but I've got some comments. I'll get your thoughts on them because it seems like you have very <laughs> minimal. I thought, I thought the editing on the movie was actually really good. Because it felt like a lot of the scenes were just kind of the actors hanging out and doing, you know, it felt like a very loose sort of improv style almost. And so I felt like the editing did a really good job of pulling together all these things into scenes where I think the editing made a lot of the jokes for me. Like they kept doing smash cuts to a new location, like when Richardson is in the pool and he's like, I want to join your team. And the guy's like, what can you do? And there's a smash cut to him now outside the pool, obviously in you know less time than it would have taken him to actually exit the pool. And he's doing that stupid dance. I found that very funny. And then the stuff like, I'm going to the forest to be sad or whatever he says. And then boom, he's in the forest. I, I find those very humorous. Yeah, I'm laughing just thinking about it. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, we'll pivot a bit. What did you think of? I'm assuming you thought very not highly of any of these, but what did you think of maybe the performances or the comedic performances um, in the in the in the picture? Let's not even bother talking about that. Let's talk about something else. I want to talk about consistency and how all of the best comedies, or at least all of I shouldn't speak, you know, qualitatively or normatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of my favorite comedies uh, have a consistent style of humor. This movie does not have that. Like the jokes, they're so disparate. You know, some of them are about just people acting weird. Some of them are slapstick. Some of them are actually trying to make some kind of observational humor some of it is straight man playing off of weird man there's no it's like it's like the writers just thought of any and all jokes possible and put them in seemingly at random 
And also, they were constantly soliciting jokes from, like, just random passers-by. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll put that in there. So you have, like, a million different styles all fighting for dominance in this movie, and none of them win out. So there's it's just incoherent. It's com- it's comedically incoherent, you're saying. It is. The, the writers, I mean... They were on some some good stuff. They had the good stuff. Well, that was that was the early two thousands, I think, in terms of comedy. I mean, you've got such classic films that I know you love, like The Hangover. Ugh. <laughs> um, it's interesting you say that. I think I sort of agree. I think the only again the Cool Beans bit I felt was very far outside of what the movie was typically trying to do. Otherwise it felt like it felt like it was definitely coming from a style of comedy, the same style of comedy that like South Park or Saturday night live is somewhat born from that. Both of them are fairly Saturday night live less. So since it's a sketch show, so it's a series of sketches. So each sketch can be kind of different, but it, it felt the same as that or South Park where, to be fair, I haven't watched a ton of South Park, but from what I have watched, it is kind of all over the place in terms of where it's comedically trying to go. And that makes sense because the writer of this movie is a writer who's worked with Trey and uh, Sean, the South Park people, on South Park things. <laughs> I don't I don't feel like that's really an issue for me, though. Co- comedically incoherent? Jeez Louise. <laughs> That was, uh, I'd just like to point out that that's a term that you came up with, not me. You said, oh, so you're saying it's it's comedically incoherent, and now you're trying to pass that off as me being pretentious, even though I definitely signed off on the term. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are pretentious. It's hard, honestly, though. I think it's hard to not be pretentious when you're critiquing a comedy Because any way you come at it, fundamentally, at the end of the day, you're like, I don't find it funny. And the instant response from someone who does find it funny is they're like, okay, well, it's too lowbrow for you. Like, there's no movie that's, there's no comedy that's so highbrow that it's, (laughs) that, you know, when people say it's stupid, that, you know, it can't escape. This isn't getting more coherent, but hopefully it kind of makes sense. I, I I stopped paying attention there for a minute, so I'm just going to assume that it was that you're all good. All right. Um, I do kind of want to talk about the performances. I thought. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not bother. Let's talk about something. Well, we can talk about the performances if you want. Let's talk about what a criminal waste of Bill Hader this is. Honestly, yeah, I do have to agree. I love Bill Hader to pieces, and he's. Genuinely one of my favorite actors. Barry is one of the best shows in all time, I'd say. And certainly one of the best shows currently on. And yeah, Bill Hader is not... I even found... Is it Danny McBride is the other guy? I found him more funny than Bill Hader, which is a disgusting waste of Bill Hader. (laughs) I'm looking up the cast. Thanks. It is Danny McBride. Gosh, I'm so good at everything. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree. I think that Bill Hader is just generally underused like in Hollywood because I think that Barry 
absolutely proves that he's got comedic and dramatic chops. Um, even in something like It Chapter 2, which is a movie that I don't really enjoy, I think he's fantastic in it. So he has the ability to elevate substandard material, but he has so little to do in this movie that, I mean, I'm sorry, Bill, but you have no power here. The The, the movie just... Uh, it's it's very disappointing because I was legitimately excited when I looked up this movie and saw him in the principal cast. I was like, all right, get some Bill Hader up in this his house. Can't believe I just said his house. Yeah, that's very that's very cool and hip of you. Um, <laughs> in terms of other people, <laughs> I, I'm honestly I think I was I hopped on movies and general comedy and pop culture train too late to really be a huge fan of Andy Samberg. And I've never seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I think is arguably his most popular, meaningful sort of role. So I I think he's just Adam Samberg in this, Andy Samberg, whatever his silly name is. I was astonished that Ian McShane was in the movie. I did not see his name in the like opening credits. And same with Will Arnett. When Will Arnett showed up, I was like, oh, I guess he was not that big when this was made because he, him being in it should be a bigger deal in my mind. Also makes this, fun fact, the uh, second best movie in my opinion, where Will Arnett appears in a film that plays I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight. Mm, wow. Everyone keeping track, uh, they played in the Lego Batman movie. So yep. that is the- so if you if you got that, then please mark it down on your Magellan's at the movies reference scorecard uh, honor system. And once you've once you've got enough points, send it in to us, and we'll send you a free, officially branded Magellan's at the movies trucker baseball cap. Trucker base? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um. Otherwise, in terms of cast, uh, it's pretty forgettable. I don't know. Isla Fisher does better here than she does in Now You See Me 1, I think. I think we could maybe say that. I, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. I definitely didn't like it. Um, I feel like she's... Is she usually in these types of movies? Is she more of a dramatic actress? No clue. Those are the. These are the only. This and now you see me. I think are the only two movies I've ever seen. I think she's married to Sasha Baron Cohen. She is. Yes. That doesn't really have anything to do with anything. It's just a bit of trivia. I know. It is interesting, though. I'm I'm googling it. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, she is a, a definitely a comedic actress. It looks like. Okay. Well, yeah. Wedding she's, Crashers. Uh, she's. She's um, she's okay. I don't know. It's it's the classic, you know, female in a comedy role. She pretty much exclusively exists as a thing for the main character to be pursuing. So yeah, wow, <laughs> nice. That's that's good. I I like that. I do agree. Actually, I'm uh, I'm criticizing the depiction of women in comedies. No, I I know. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh. And I think that she's definitely the female component in the, like, stunningly attractive, capable woman falls for a schlubby, underachieving man in a comedy cliche. 
the Adam Sandler, if you will. I was going to say like Jerry Seinfeld. Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. At least he's like, like in Seinfeld, he's famous is the reason why everyone's falling for him. Uh, see, Nathan's a big Seinfeld guy. I've only seen a few episodes. I love Seinfeld. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Okay, anyway, uh, I'd like to highlight some jokes. And I know you probably didn't find them funny, but I found them funny. So I'll highlight some jokes that I found very funny. When they are going to practice Rod's breathing ability as they pan over the pool and... Bill Hader's character and Danny McBride's, McBride's character are filling the pool. I believe before it gets over to them, you can hear Danny McBride say, pools are great for holding water, which I thought was such a ludicrously obvious statement. I found it funny. I also thought Rod saying, have I ever shown you a picture of my dead dad? And then telling that ridiculously graphic story of his dad's dad. I thought that was really funny. Uh, the montage of them walking to the final jump and then it devolves into like a riot. I thought that was humorous. And then Danny McBride having the TV at the end and being like, it's just disgusting how some people take advantage. I found that very funny. Elliot has literally, he looks like a serial killer. He is currently staring at me with dead shark eyes as I relate all of these jokes that made me laugh. <laughs> That's not um, even true. I, for most of this, for most of this monologue, I've actually been watching Shadow walk around the room. So you're just making stuff up. <laughs> I know, but it's funny. It's for the purpose of comedy, Elliot. No wonder you didn't mm. like this movie. You're not funny at all. Hmm. Why don't you just keep on going with your list? <laughs> all right. Uh, I did not find Chris Parnell's tattoo gag funny, but when he was actually on the AM radio. It was so sad. It was hilarious. And specifically, there was a moment when he was jumping where Chris Parnell says, it's something that has to be seen to be believed, which is such an amazing thing to say on radio because <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> I understand. I actually thought that there was a lot of potential in such a visual spectacle being relayed over the radio there was a lot of potential for comedy in that but that's like the only joke that they made and it's a blink and you miss it joke and again i i think like maybe i was like huh <laughs> did did mom laugh at that joke though i think she had walked off by that time oh so the movie My, didn't hold her attention <laughs> well she was in the kitchen or something i don't know yeah i mean I he's like got a very he's got a very funny voice yeah, he does. I love uh, he voices Jerry and Rick and Morty, and I'm a Elliot's not a big fan of Rick and Morty, but I like Rick and Morty quite a bit. And especially in this latest season, Chris Parnell as Jerry has been one of the funniest elements, playing the straight man to all of the antics of the rest of the family. So I agree, Chris Parnell's voice is hilarious, even though he I don't think is all that funny. We need to yeah. stop. We need to stop talking about uh, pop culture touchstones that I dislike. Otherwise, otherwise, we're going to alienate like our entire audience once they realize just what a miserable, grumpy guts I am. Well, yeah, I think we've done a pretty good job thus far. We've got 18 episodes in, and we've yet to bring up a lot of the classic things that you don't like that most other people on Earth like. 
So I think this might be the beginning of the end. We'll see if we can get to like 25. But honestly, yeah, this this could be the the beginning of the end of the Magellans of the movies. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Classic stuff. Well, you don't like Rick and Morty. You don't like this it's not movie. a classic. That's, That's not a classic either. <laughs> All right, whatever, whatever. I was going to say, I feel like, do you feel like it's typically indicative of comedies? And then I guess specifically like this comedy, that comedies usually have very little, because a lot of times our episodes are very much inflated by us just talking about thematic elements of the movie, what the movie is maybe saying about human nature, philosophy, something like that. Um, I don't think it's too unfair to say that this movie in particular has very little to say about human ma- nature, but maybe comedies in general. Uh, there's not a ton of, I guess, meteor elements to, for, you know, maybe a podcast to go into. So what is the question there? Well, do you agree with that? You know, do you think that that is true for most comedies or can you think of comedies that you really enjoy where you're like, no, there's other stuff. Or do you think this movie's hiding some deep philosophical statement under the hood? That's an interesting question. Let's talk about something else, though. Let's talk about the bizarre camera work in this movie. Why is there so much shaky cam in this movie? Why? Uh, They do go handheld more than a few times that I was not entirely sure as to why. I think it's just, it again, not just in terms of, like, structure did it remind me of a film club movie, therefore a movie being made by, like, five people on a phone, but yeah, some of the cinematography also felt like I was like, okay, there's no reason for this to be like this, but it's whatever. I don't care. Are you going to answer my question? The one about comedies? Yes. Um, that is actually an interesting question. And to be honest with you, I just made that joke to buy myself some time to think about it. So I wouldn't do oh. one of my trademark extended pauses where I just stare off into the distance <laughs> while I'm thinking. Um... <laughs> To be honest, I think that a lot of children's movies, uh, which typically are, can, or at least can be classified as comedies, if they're not just classified as children's movies, although children's movies has a lot of subcategories, I feel like, um, but a lot of children's movies have messages, uh, usually pretty simple messages, but messages like, be yourself, be nice, don't lie, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I think that that's a tenuous example of comedies with, like, quote-unquote thematic material. So, like, the Lego movie uh, about uh, <sighs> that everyone's special. You know, fairly simple but universal themes that are for that are for children, you know, for instructing them uh, in the way that they should go. I don't know why I quoted the Bible there, but you know, whatever. Whoa, good reference. <laughs> Thanks. That's another, if you get that reference, no, not, not write it down. <laughs> write, it, write down the Bible on your scorecard and you get, you get a bonus 50 points. Although if you didn't get that reference, then you can't write it down. Honor system, guys. Come on. Let's be, let's be honest. And we, and we revealed the reference seconds after we said it. <laughs> All right. You're, you're, you're revealing the, the cracks in the system. Yeah. 
it's it's interesting that you say that about children's movies because I feel like that is true that most children's movies can't be classified as a comedy and do typically carry more thematic heft than adult comedies that adult comedies are typically just straight humor or you know comedic bits and I think Hot Rod definitely falls in that I don't think Hot Rod really has anything that deep to say which isn't a bad thing but I do think it kind of improves my feelings towards especially a comedy if I go in and I enjoy it and find it funny that's good but if I also come away with I was just telling you before this we started recording that super bad is a movie I don't find it like over the wall hilarious moment to moment but because I think the movie does something very interesting in its last in its climax I have very fond feelings towards the movie, even though it's maybe not the most hilarious thing in the universe because it has this sort of other element that I find interesting. But Havra doesn't really have that. So (laughs) such is life. I feel like there's a lot of socially conscious uh, comedies, by which I mean movies that have like some kind of social message. Um, I don't know if you remember, but there was some buzz a few months ago about a movie called, what was it? Like emergency or something like that. It was, and it was a comedy about two African-American students, college students who are like hanging out with a white woman and then she dies. Uh, or I think she either dies or she's, she like gets really sick or something. And so I think the comedy is about them trying to basically find someplace safe to leave her uh, without making it seem like they've committed murder or something. And so it's got a lot of... That's a movie that I believe had a lot of... Or not a lot of, but that is an example of a movie that had some kind of message or or themes to it. I didn't see it, but everything I heard about it said that it, it was about something uh and i you know capital a about something that's interesting yeah um i guess um closing thoughts on this movie uh closing thoughts i'm sorry (laughs) that i said that if you like this movie then you're of poor moral character obviously i don't actually think that's true did not care for this movie, but if you did, then I say more power to you. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I hope that you can continue to enjoy it and rewatch it, and I hope that it brings you lots of joy when you're feeling down. It just didn't do it for me, but uh, yeah, there. That's uh, it's not an indication of anyone's uh, worth as a person or the strength of their moral fiber. Here's Shadow. Coming over here to render his opinion. His opinion is that he wants he wants me to scratch him. So yeah, I, I did not like this movie very much at all. But if you did, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, and I don't think that you should let my opinions detract from your enjoyment of this movie. Because both experiences of the movie are completely valid. That's true, yeah. 
Yeah, Elliot, the lord of all movie opinions, <laughs> telling right. you you're allowed to enjoy the movie. All right, sh- shut up with that. <laughs> um, not what I meant. No. Uh, yeah, I think I definitely enjoyed this more than Elliot. I think this is also uh, a lot of comedies like this. I think Napoleon Dynamite is kind of in the same area where I don't know if it's necessarily the best movie to watch by yourself, that it's maybe a better movie to watch with a group of people in the same way that, you know, if you're watching a comedian, just a recorded comedy episode, it's better to watch with multiple people because then you, you know, other people are laughing, which makes you feel more comfortable. And then you start laughing. So I don't know if this is necessarily the perfect movie to be watching alone in my apartment at 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) But Elliot watched with mom, so his he had someone there laughing. But um, yeah, I found it, for the most part, fairly enjoyable. I would put it in the category of comedies that I put, like Caddyshack that, and National. Actually, it's better than National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But it's one of those that I'm like, yeah, I bet if you grew up with this and you've heard the jokes since you were a kid, this is probably very funny, very enjoyable. I found parts of it very funny. I listed the jokes that I thought were particularly funny, but just getting from joke to joke was sometimes a bit of a strain on my patience and my ability to sit through bits that do not have a very good punchline that then go on for a few more minutes. But um, yeah, it was neat. I'm glad that now When everyone in my connection group starts making references to the movie, I can at least get the references now. So, Don't forget to write them down on your scorecard. I will. It's real life, though, so I don't know if I need a scorecard. Hmm. (laughs) They really love, they really find hilarious the whiskey thing that he does when he mispronounces whiskey and then he goes, what? And he's, you know, mispronouncing the H's. They find, or the W's. They find that really funny. They do that a lot. <laughs> Elliot is Elliot is unmoved. Well, I, I I just I just walked back the terrible <laughs> things that I said at the beginning of the episode, so I'm I'm trying I'm trying to gonna, goad you. I'm trying to just gonna you. coast from from here to the end of the episode. Right. If you find that if you find that very funny, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that it <laughs> brings you pleasure. Uh, I'm glad that you enjoy it and I'm glad that you can enjoy that with other people, making that reference. That's that's very nice. I'm happy for you. Keep doing it. <laughs> Once again, Elliot, allow me other people. Alright. Uh, let's get into ratings. Elliot, I think you've said pretty much um, your mind. You haven't sugarcoated anything. What What's your rating? What's your... I'm not allowing anyone to do anything. I'm just saying how I'm just saying that I never mind. Uh, okay. I, for all the reasons that I've stated, uh, just didn't find it funny at all. The story's app is an absolute nothing. Total waste of Bill Hader. Um, I've never been that big of a Andy Samberg fan either. Uh, uh, yeah, just not, not a very pleasant experience for me. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a, a D minus. Wow! Wow! That's really low. Goodness. Um, 
Yeah. Betsy, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Betsy. And the connection group. Yeah. It's okay. She'll she's she's in a, she's a bit of a battle axe, to be honest. So there's a decent probability if you come up here again and then you meet her at church or something, she'll you know, she'll take you to task. She's liable oh, great. to do that. I'm so I I, I live for confrontational uh, conversations with strangers. <laughs> um anyway, Elliot gets to just enjoy the thought of that. Um yeah, I thought this movie was okay. I was not over the moon about it. It's not landing in my list of greatest comedies of all time, but it was all right. All of my ratings skew high because for the most part, uh, I just enjoy watching movies. So like even this movie, like I didn't love it, but there were still moments where I was like, oh, that's a neat kind of camera thing. Why are they doing handheld there? Like I just enjoy watching movies. So this movie for me, it was like a 6.7 out of 10, 6.6 out of 10, something like that, somewhere in that range. Okay, anyway. Uh, I'm, I, that's great, Nathan. I, I'm glad that you were able to find some enjoyment in it. Keep <laughs> keep enjoying it. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thanks, Elliot. All right, well, let's get let's get to recommendations. Elliot, you it you look in physical pain. So why don't you talk about a movie that you like that you think people who enjoyed this movie would also enjoy, that you could watch together and have some unity as opposed to that conflict you were talking about. You and the other I, people. So okay, I don't understand why you why you qualify your questions like that, and typically, it's just confusing. Um, so, it, it was I came up with a recommendation fairly quickly for this after being reminded by Nathan that I needed to come up with a recommendation for this uh, at the very right before we started recording. It's hard to say that. If you liked Hot Rod, you'll like this movie because I didn't like this movie, so it's harder for me to gauge like what somebody would also enjoy because I don't see why they would enjoy this. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> That's a Seinfeld but, reference, unintentional. Oh, all right then, go me. Uh, let me hold on a second. Let me just mark it on my scorecard. Um, so I'm going to recommend just a, uh, another comedy that I really enjoy, uh, and that's the 21 Jump Street movie. Now, to be honest with you, I think that 22 Jump Street is better, pretty significantly better than the first one, and I think that the first one is very, very good. So I think you should watch 22 Jump Street as well, but you should definitely watch both because a lot of the jokes in the second one are about what happened in the first one. Um, as far as the first one is concerned, it's directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, <clears throat> who also directed the Lego movie. It definitely has the, the stylistic DNA of the Lego movie that, like, a dozen jokes per minute, you know, the, the humor in their movies comes really fast and furious. Um, and this is a, a screwball comedy, I would say. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Screwball buddy cop sort of thing. 
Yeah, buddy cop. That's a that's probably a better way to put it. It's about these two policemen, uh, high school friends, who become policemen and then are sent undercover into a high school to try to uncover a drug ring. Uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are the main characters, and I think that this movie is is very funny. Um, probably not. A lot of the humor in it is not exactly highbrow, um, but also not exactly lowbrow. Uh, it really just comes from the you know, wacky situations that they get into and their reactions to it. Uh, and I just think that it's it's really funny and usually really clever. I think that it it's. The uh, the equation is much more balanced in Twenty Two Jump Street, but they're both really funny movies that I enjoy quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, and I usually don't like uh, adult comedies, you know, R-rated comedies. I usually find them basically just a more crass version of young adolescent comedies, but with the occasional F-bomb or some nudity or something in it. Uh, but yeah, this is a, definitely an outlier in terms of my experience of adult comedies. And uh, yeah, I would recommend watch 21 Jump Street and then watch 22 Jump Street, which is like my my secret true recommend because I think it's, it's better than the first one. Yeah, I'd second that. We watched 21... 21- and 22 Jump Street back-to-back, I think, a couple... During the summer, I want to say it was. Yeah. And I I enjoyed both movies quite a bit, but 22 Jump Street especially had uh, some jokes in there that it, it almost brought a tear to my eye. I thought they were really, really funny. <laughs> 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 um, sticking with comedies, sticking with I tried to go with a comedy that I thought was the most good as well as a comedy that I don't know if everyone has seen because it's a movie that I've really only seen because my dad is a huge Star Trek fan. And that movie is Galaxy Quest, which is a satire of Star Trek, basically, where Tim Allen... It's it's not really a satire as much as it is a parody, right? Yeah, it's a bit of a send-up, yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because the structure of it, I think, is very clever where Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman and other people play uh, essentially long after their prime actors who were on a Star Trek esque show. And then the movie kind of follows them now far past their heyday and some stuff happens. It's really clever. I think the setup for the movie is very clever. And then the send up a lot of, if you've ever seen classic Star Trek, or even if you haven't, you kind of get the gist from this film. It's very cheesy. The action's very corny, but it is so funny. I've watched it since I was a kid because my dad's a huge Star Trek fan. So he's a huge fan of this movie. And I just think it's hilarious. Sam Rockwell is beyond funny in this movie as a random extra that gets dragged along the adventure. And there's so many quotes in this movie that are not remotely applicable to any situation that uh, we find ourselves saying a lot. The air quote. (laughs) (laughs) 
we say a lot. It's it's a very funny movie, very enjoyable. If you haven't seen it, you should see it because it's really good. And it's also funny. So hopefully you would also find it funny if you found Hot Rod funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, Galaxy Quest is a, is a very good movie. I find myself saying with some frequency, uh, guys, there's a there's a red thingy headed for the green thingy. I think we're the green thingy. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's it's um, a classic, a classic. All right, well, that's uh, everything. If mom wanted to come back and give her thoughts on the film real fast, she's back. She's mom. Time for your cameo appearance. What did you think of Hot Rod the movie? Um, there were multiple points where I laughed out loud. But, but oh, no. Oh, no. As, as you know from my refusal to watch Jim Carrey movies. I didn't know Mom refused to watch no. Jim Carrey movies. I knew, I knew that. It's stupid, but I will laugh. Oh, <laughs> she feels, yeah. She, I I feel she's like she told me this know, before. She feels bad for finding them funny. Oh, I understand. So yeah, but there were there were many points where I laughed out loud. <laughs> I did have trouble. I I had great trouble understanding the relationship between the main character and the stepfather. I couldn't. I mean. <laughs> It felt like, it felt, I just, I really thought like it was, that it was going to turn out that, that actually that was just their way of telling each other that they loved each other because there wasn't any real, what I saw, there wasn't any real heat or malice animosity in the way that they talked to each other. I mean, they said mean things to each other, but it never sounded like, they really meant it. But Elliot tells me I was wrong, so. That is not what I said. I, well, according to the end of the movie. Oh, oh, yes. that Yeah, they, they do actually hate each other, and the stepfather is actually just abusive. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was Terry Magellan, ladies and gentlemen. Terry Magellan, yep. Our mother. Little cameo. All right, yep. well. Um... Great episode, Elliot. I had an immense amount. I love it when you dislike something because you get so angry for no reason and it makes me laugh. So <laughs> That's great, Nathan. Here I am saying that, you know, everyone should just enjoy what they like. People should have fun. Movie watching should be uh, an experience that brings us all together and you're just enjoying my suffering. Uh, correct. <laughs> correct. That is what I'm saying, and that is what I'm experiencing. So, okay, we should probably wrap it up because now people are in the kitchen making lots and lots of noise, and it's very unprofessional. Yeah. Um. So life is hard and full of disappointments, uh, such as the movie Hot Rod. Um, and also there's is. Mom says there's only a hundred tigers left in the wild. She's disappointed by that, I guess. Um. It, okay, she's continuing to make comments. 
<laughs> She's had her taste of stardom. Now she can't get it. Now she can't get over it. All right, well, that's enough from us here. Goodbye. All right, yeah, bye. Say goodbye, Mom. Goodbye, Mom. Hey.